We're still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. So since God has uh, chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative to the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to our God the Father. Now, I know I've just read like 17 verses all in a one, and you're sitting there thinking, what is, this, what is he going to say about Good Friday? Well, there's a lot that can be said about what Christ did on this day 2,000 years ago that should impact our lives. And this verse, these few verses, really impacted me. And as you can imagine, when you're preparing for, you know, for a sermon or when you're about to get up and, and share God's Word, there's a certain responsibility. And uh, I was really um, quite overwhelmed about it all. But God just uh, brought my focus back to him. And God said, John, I need to capture your heart before you can even get up and, and do this on Friday. So, so I'm going to link those words of Paul and relate it to today. So just um, just really quick background with the Colossians. Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote this book while he was in prison. Paul was urging the Colossian church to come back to the doctrine of Christ's supreme power and remind them of all the work that Paul had done in chapter 1. Um, Paul wanted to encourage, um, oh, sorry, in, in chapter 1, sorry, that, yeah, Paul was, um, was speaking about the Christ's supreme power and, and all the good things that, and all the, all the work that Paul had done. Sorry, I just read that wrong. Um, and in chapter 2, uh, he wrote about the freedom from rules and a new life in Christ. Paul was also concerned about false doctrine and false teaching that was being preached at the, at the time. Um, in Colossians 2.8, Paul says, uh, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that, that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. So Paul was really emphasizing that it's about Jesus Christ and, um, and all the complexities of our doctrine and, and all of that, 
Um, Paul was very good at saying, you know, it's about Jesus Christ being the centre. And it was um, crucial. This is something that I, I, I overlooked and it wasn't only until the last couple of days that I realised this, but um, it was crucial that Paul set the Colossian church and the, other, uh, and the six other churches planted at the time um, that, uh, that they were kept on a straight course as they, will, they would ultimately influence the spread of the gospel to the rest of the world. So when we read Colossians, we, we, we're reading from a context of there's so many churches all around us and all, all over the world. But at the time, and when Paul writes, you know, I'm, like he, it's, it's like he is really burdened with these churches and, and where they were heading and, and, and um, because they were, the, they were the first church um, of, uh, after Jesus uh, died and rose again. So it was a really important time for the church and a lot of sacrifice was made. There was a lot of persecution at the time. Each year we come into Good Friday, a place where we remember the cost that Jesus paid. And we join with millions of others around the world commemorating the life of, of Jesus Christ and the impact that his life continues to have even after 2,000 years. So, so what impact should Good Friday have on us as believers today? When, uh, when we all woke up this morning, what were your th- first thoughts on this day? As I mentioned, I um, uh, when when God led me to Colossians three, I was um, you know when you're working you know with people a lot you know um, I'm a youth worker for the local council and the youth services, so there's constantly working with people and young people and and we're running youth and there's always people there's just people everywhere and and sometimes. I know I get to that place where I'm just people out, and I'm an extrovert. <laughs> and um, I'm loving it out at Garfield because it's quiet and you just hear cows and birds and uh, chickens. But, but in this particular time, God said to me, John, um, I paid a great price for you and I didn't do it so that you can get caught up in this world. And that was a real challenge for me because I had unforgiveness in my heart at the time as much as I'd like to not admit that. And it wasn't just one particular thing. It was just I found myself at that place where I was really consumed by a number of things. I was starting to get a bit critical. I was starting to get a bit grumpy. <laughs> and, and God just said, John, you're, you're living in this earth but I'm not calling you to live like this world. I want to capture your heart. So I'm going to share today about two areas that we can reflect upon on Good Friday. So um, we want to set our sight on Christ. That was one of the first things that, that God had, had to do for me was I had to remove my eyes from the things around me and the situations. I had to remove my eyes from myself and, and what I thought was right. And I had to turn my eyes to God. And the second part is to to clothe ourselves in God. And I'll explain a little bit more about that.
Um, a friend of mine told me a story once where he was riding his bike and um, riding around a lake. And you know that some of some of those bike paths where, um, and I think on this particular occasion it was uh, the end of the pathway, and and you had to slow down because there were two poles and you had to kind of weave. It was like it's like a little chicane, but you know you had to kind of basically come to a stop and you know do that. And my friend was telling me the story that he was he was coming to, and I think he was coming a little bit too fast and heavy, and uh, he was focusing on this the first pole. And he's, he was saying to himself, don't hit it, don't hit it, don't hit it, don't hit it. Next minute, bang, he hits it. <laughs> and um, I did a very similar thing yesterday on a skateboard, a little penny board. <laughs> I saw a hill. <laughs> Luckily, no one was around at the time. So God saw it. He must have thought it was funny. But um, I went down this hill. I didn't see these little dibbits. And, I, and it, it, was, it was like that again. It was, I was focusing on these little dibbits. It all happened so quickly. And, um, and I had a choice right there and then. Do I rely on my, my pro ability as a skateboarder, which I'm not, and just, like, just plow through this, you know, this rough little bit? Or do I just jump off and um, you know, save myself pain? No, I didn't listen. And so I just kept going. <laughs> and I've got band-aids on my elbow and I'm feeling a bit sore and sorry. But the point of this is um, sometimes we focus a lot of what's happening around us. Sometimes, um, sometimes, uh, sometimes people do the wrong thing by us. And sometimes we focus on those things. We try to move on and we try to let go. But if we're real about ourselves, it consumes us. I'm seeing a few nods because, you know, this, I think this happens to most of us. Some have the ability to just kind of, you know, water off a duck's back. Um, I, I just don't have that ability. <laughs> and it's true what the Bible says about the tongue. You know, it's, it has the power to... to to destroy, but it also has the power to build up. And so in thinking about this, I asked God, well, how, how do we deal with this? Because someone's going to say the wrong thing to us at some stage and we're going to say the wrong things to someone else at some stage. So, you know, how, how, do, we, how do we work this out, God? How do we live in community and harmony like you've asked us to? How do we do this? We need to take our eyes off the situations around us and, and look at things through, through Jesus. So imagine in, in, the, in the verse I, I, I read, um, it says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. And let's think about the, 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 the things of heaven um, and, and think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So I want you to imagine right now, just kind of remove yourself from this earthly plane and just, um, and Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Just picture yourself right now there with him, looking, looking down at earth and all, and all that, that life brings here on earth. I want you to, to maybe even capture some of the things that, that you're currently going through and ask yourself, what, 
what's God's perspective on those things? Are they as hard as we think they are? Are they as unforgivable as we think they are? Is it, hard, is it really that hard to let go when you're standing in that perspective? Um, the other night, Matt encouraged our worship team. It's quite a funny analogy. And we ran with it like nothing else. So Matt, <laughs> Matt made us imagine that we're all hens um, and we're all pumping out some eggs. And then we had a joke that some were like semi-automatics and they just had the ability to just keep pumping those eggs out. I said, Matt, but I'm a male. I can't lay eggs. And Anyway, so I had that kind of blockage, but I got past that and I, got the, I understood it. Um, and Matt said that sometimes as a worship team we, we focus on the mechanics of everything and we focus on the doing the things right and we focus on so many other things but we forget about that as, as believers when we worship, whether up here or in, um, in the congregation, that we actually need to come from a place of knowing who we are and knowing that, that you know, knowing our identity in Christ and that everything else then flows out of that, not that if I just play the chords right, then God's anointing will be stronger today, <laughs> that thinking. So then he gave the analogy of, of the eagle soaring. And, um, you know, that takes a little bit of effort to get up there, but once the eagle is up there, they just soar through the warm thermals and it's quite effortless um, because the eagle is just enjoying his time, not struggling like a hen pumping out eggs. <laughs> Sorry about that analogy, but it's just... <laughs> it's, um, again, I, I, it really confirmed what I was saying today because when we think about... Easter Friday, do we as Christians live our lives in the doing and and forget to stop and reflect on what Jesus has already done for us? Because when I bring it back to, to difficult situations, like it's hard to forgive someone. It's hard to say I'm sorry for the part that I played in all this. But if we reflect on what Jesus did and the price that he paid on the cross for us, is it really that hard compared to what Jesus had to endure? So as Christians, for those that have, that have made a decision to follow Christ, our old self has died and we rose again in new life with Jesus Christ. Verse 5 to 9 uh, lists a whole lot of things that, that we get consumed with. And they're all, the, they're all the things in this world, like, you know, it mentions bitterness and rage and, um, you know, lusting after things of this world. And um, they're things that we need to let go of because cause Christ um, died for us to be free from those things. Jesus himself is, a, is an example of... Um, of fixing his eyes on his father and not fixing his eyes on the things around him because I want you to imagine that day when he died on the cross. Uh, he, was, he was brutally whipped beyond recognition. Like he couldn't tell that that was Jesus Christ because his, his, uh, his skin was, um, was torn. Uh, people spat on him. 
He was beaten, uh, repeatedly beaten. He was ridiculed and he was mocked. And then he was made to carry an extremely heavy cross. And, and despite all that, despite all that, he looked up to heaven and he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I wonder how we would react in that situation. If someone spat on me, it'd be like the end of the world. I'd be you know, full of rage. And, but that wasn't the only thing Jesus endured on the day. And yet despite what we had done to him, he was able to look up to his father and on our behalf, he interceded and he said, Father, forgive them. That just does my head in. <laughs> That's the level that we have to try and work towards. We think we've done our bit. I read that and I think we have so much to go. But you know what? God has given us all of the spiritual blessings because of what Jesus did. And we will celebrate on Sunday and we will remember and reflect and, and, and praise God for, for rising again. And we know we have the victory. But today, let's just think about the price and let's think about the the enormous love that Jesus had for us on that day, that regardless of what was happening, regardless of what anyone did to him on that day, he loved us and he forgave us. I just want to invite Lauren to come back up. and We're going to sing, we're going to worship together and we're going to sing above all. And during this time, I know I've just said a lot, but my prayer is that as we sing this song, let's reflect on on these things. Let's reflect on what Jesus did. Let's ask ourselves what would it take for us right now to just take our eyes off our situations and to look up to heaven and ask for that perspective. So the next part of, of um, this morning's message is to Let's clothe ourselves with the things of God. And from that place where, where we've got our eyes fixed on God, looking at the situations around us, I know from, from experience that sometimes those situations don't necessarily just magically disappear, but our perspective changes. So in verse 12 to 14, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Easy, right? (laughs) Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. I want to add in there too just any grievances that you might have towards yourself. Uh, forgive as the Lord forgave you. 
And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So I think this is pretty self-explanatory. Jesus, um, he modelled this. So it wasn't just something that God expected us to do without showing us how to do it. That's why Jesus lived and died and rose again to, to prove that these, um, this way of thinking actually works and helps build other people up. It makes us feel pretty good too. And this is counterculture to the world. And I think this is why we struggle is because we have so many bad examples in this world that it can be easy or, you know, somewhat easy to just kind of go with it and think the way that the world does. You know, the whole eye for, for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You know, if someone does you wrong, we'll sue the pants off them. And, you know, um, and, you know it doesn't matter what I say. It's their, it's their fault for, you know, for getting offended, you know, things like that. Like, that's kind of how the world works. It's um, just look after yourself and don't worry about anyone else. But this, this is the, this is the thing where, as believers, that we God has in in John chapter fifteen it says that we're we're in this world, but we're not off the world. Um, God's greatest command, commandment is to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbors. Um, as we reflect. On these things, and we think about this day and what it represents. You know, Jesus loved his Father with all his heart, mind, and soul, and Jesus forgave and loved his his brothers and sisters around him. So we need to do the same. Reflecting also. Today we, we need to remember the final words that, that Jesus said on the cross. In John, John chapter 19, verse 30, and I think it's, it's one of the most powerful statements that, um, that, that, that Jesus has said, and, and, and it's three words, it is finished. Jesus himself has paid the price, the atonement for our sin, and has made us righteous before God. God's punishment is is not ours to own and it's not up to us to hold other people to ransom for for their sins either. Um, But instead, Jesus has made a way to bring us back to to our Father's heart and to spend eternity with him. So next time when we read John chapter 3, verse 16, uh, let it never become that token verse that we hear all the time. And we hear so much of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would, would not perish but have eternal life. And, and uh, we, can get, we can hear that so much that we become a bit numb to it. It's kind of like the news. There's a lot of pain in the world, but we don't feel it sometimes because we're numb. But on a, on a day like today, it's such a great opportunity to, to look at what Jesus did on that cross, but also reflecting on the Father's heart. Can you imagine letting go of 
your son or your daughter. In fact, saying, here's my sacrifice and I'm doing this because I want fellowship with you. That does my head in. (laughs) And today Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. We're going to sing another song, and um, and you don't have to stand for this one. I won't make you be like yo-yos today. But um, but as we sing this song, let's um, you know, let's let's put on. Let's, let's actually first of all, let's let's let go of the things that have consumed our hearts. Let's put on love. Let's put on. Let's let's cover everything we do with love. Let's. Forgive others and forgive ourselves. And this morning, this can be one of the hardest things because I know that sometimes, um, you know, just different relationships. It could be family. It could be people that you work with. Um, I want you to just think about some of the strained relationships that might be happening at the moment. And I want you to also think about maybe the times where you haven't forgiven yourself for something that maybe the part that you've played in some of these things. And you've been carrying this guilt. So this morning as we reflect on, on Christ's death, let's also, you know, let's picture that, you know, at, the, at that funeral, you know, when people place things on top of the coffin, things that represent and mean something. Maybe this morning as we, as we reflect on, on, on Christ's death on our behalf, let's also put to, to rest some of the things that have been holding us back. Before we sing the final song, I want to encourage that if there's anyone here today that would, would just like to have someone pray with you um, to, uh, to just help intercede on, you know, some of the things that, that might be just, yeah, just, you're just going through at the moment. Uh, my prayer is that this morning is, you know, it's partly a, a sober reminder, but I want to, I hope it was also an encouragement as well that, um, that the things that we carry we don't have to any longer and that Christ paid it all in full for us. Father, we thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you that in your death, Lord, you bring about hope and new life. Lord, over the next couple of days, I pray that you just continue to draw us closer to your heart. Give us revelation, Lord, of your love. What drove you to go on that cross for us? And what continues to drive you, Lord, so that we could just be in fellowship with you. Father, may your power and your presence be powerful in our lives. Lord, let this, this time, this season, not be just another Easter time. And it's not a, let it not just be about chocolates, as nice as that is. But God, this is about you. This is about you because of all you have done for us. 
and all that we could be through you, Father. So we pray for our time with family. Lord, I pray that you would bind families together, closer together. Bind our communities closer together, Lord. I pray this is a time of reconciling, Lord. We thank you for this day, Lord. And we bless your holy name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.